I think you're really going to like this episode of STEM, Insider Tips for Greenhouse Pros. I'm Bill Calkin, and our guest today is Jim Kennedy. Jim is National Sales Manager for Ball Seed, and not only leads more than 60 sales professionals to best serve thousands of greenhouse growers across North America, but truly cares about the success of our industry. Jim is humble, but his influence is widespread and very much respected. Jim brings a unique perspective to new varieties and trend spotting, having been involved at all levels of the chain, from breeding and plant development, all the way through to retail positioning with local garden centers and mass market stores. In this episode, Jim will discuss new innovations for 2019 and beyond, taking a high-level look at the big-picture goals of new breeding and a close look at new introductions for your 2019 product mix from the breeders and plant introduction companies seen at California Spring Trials in April 2018. But it doesn't end there. Jim also shares tips and tricks for picking plants that will actually see the light of day at retail, meaning they'll be reliably produced and supplied and succeed in landscapes and home gardens. For plant lovers and growers, this is going to be a good one. But first, Connect Four, where we take a look at four recent news stories lining up to support one key industry topic. When it comes to promoting our industry to the masses, there have been many discussions and even campaigns throughout the years. I've personally seen and heard about more than a handful in my decade and a half in the professional side of the industry, and I know many of you have been witness to many, many more. Remember Buzz the Bee? Well, today is no different, but what I feel is fresh and new is the ability to reach wide audiences through social media and digital marketing tools. And right now, big things are happening. I hope you're aware of the many industry campaigns that are currently in action. I'm going to touch on four in this episode, and you'll see they impact multiple generations of people, starting with kids, our future. Many young students learn about how seeds grow, usually from about kindergarten through third grade. But unfortunately, that's about when this type of education ends and classes move on to other types of life science, and rarely is there ever a discussion of horticulture as an exciting career option. So let's start Connect Four with Seed Your Future a national initiative to promote horticulture as a vital, viable, and exciting career path for the nation's youth. Seed Your Future's mission states, We envision a U.S. where everyone understands and values the importance of plants and the people who work in the art, science, technology, and business of horticulture. How awesome is that? Last summer at the Cultivate event, I saw hundreds of industry professionals posing for photos with signs boasting the hashtag, I love my hort job. Don't we all? Let's spread the word, and Seed Your Future is leading the charge. I'll link to their many resources in the show notes. Next, I'm going back to Seed Your Future to promote their latest campaign, Bloom. Bloom is the movement to improve the world through the power of plants based on a foundation of research with middle schoolers, their parents, their teachers, and their school counselors. This is a movement to build awareness of the field of horticulture and the rewarding careers it provides starting at the middle school level. In partnership with Scholastic, Bloom offers a free toolkit of engaging in educational lesson plans and activities. Launched in March 2018, wearebloom.org features videos and other content to engage youth and help them understand their own personal plant power. It's fun and engaging and built for a middle school audience with videos and all sorts of fun, exciting tools. If you work with middle schoolers, or know a middle school educator, tell them about Bloom. 
Free resources from Scholastic include lesson plans, activity sheets, a student magazine highlighting horticulture heroes and profiling young professionals in green-collar jobs, a classroom poster featuring cool green-collar jobs, and a classroom game with game board and game trivia cards. Next, you've probably seen the engaging infographics released from NICH, the National Initiative for Consumer Horticulture, using the hashtag PlantsDoThat. NICH has a clear mission, growing a healthy world through plants, gardens, and landscapes, and an equally clear and aggressive vision. Use stakeholder partnerships to increase the percentage of U.S. households participating in consumer horticulture to 90% by 2025. Just the thought of 90% gets me excited about this campaign. I'll link to the NICH website and resources in the show notes. But consider these facts about how plants benefit society and expect NICH to work relentlessly with our help to drive these messages home. Plants in the workplace reduce employee sick time by 14%. Well-landscaped homes are more valuable since homes represent 25% of personal wealth. Outdoor plants pack a powerful personal finance punch. Americans are growing more of their own food. 25% of all Americans grow berries, veggies, or fruit trees. That's right, 25%. Shaded roadways save 60% of repaving costs. And with our infrastructural issues these days, that is huge. America's public gardens generate $2.3 billion in tourism spending. And I'll tell you, ecotourism is growing by leaps and bounds these days. So let's capitalize on these trends and grow the industry together. The final chip in our game of Connect Four is a campaign that's been around for more than a decade and continues to promote the benefits of beautification in local communities, America in Bloom. Many of you are familiar with AIB, but do you know the many benefits and programs it encourages? AIB is a quality of life improvement program, a community improvement program, a civic pride and community involvement program, an education and community engagement program, a source of information about what our industry has to offer, a catalyst to improve public image, a friendly competition bestowing annual awards on participating cities and communities, and a valuable community building tool. But best of all, all of our cities can be involved and you can lead the campaign because your business supplies the products and services needed to beautify. The rewards you'll reap greatly outweigh the time and energy you put in. Check the show notes for American Bloom resources and so much more. Now that we're all excited about industry campaigns, engaging and empowering people of all ages across the country, let's talk new innovations for 2019 and beyond. It's my pleasure to welcome Jim Kennedy to STEM. Jim is National Sales Manager for Ball Seed. Jim's been involved in many facets of horticulture and not only has an eye for potential opportunities and greenhouse solutions, but also new varieties and plant trends, as you'll hear in this episode. Jim currently leads the Ball Seed sales team. He enjoys working with growers and suppliers on putting together effective, customized programs. His background as a grower and passion for great plants helps him to continue to focus on bringing more success to growers across North America. Jim, welcome to STEM. Thanks, Bill. It's great to be here. 
I'm excited to join uh, up with this podcast that you've been doing. You've been getting quite a few uh, downloads on these, and I'm excited to be a part of this one. Yeah, I'm surprised how fast it's caught on. Um, definitely uh, interesting to see the industry engaging in new media. I love it. So, first of all, anyone who knows you is going to expect some sports references throughout this podcast and probably some coach speak or quotes from legends like Parcells or Lombardi. I'm, I'm sure you're going to deliver on that. So, I have to ask a sports question to start off. Who is your favorite athlete of all time and why? Oh, that's a great question, Bill. Uh, yeah, a couple names come to mind. I think one one comes to mind first is Jerry Rice. Uh, nobody worked harder than Jerry Rice in terms of training and conditioning to be ready. He was tough. He was mentally tough. He worked extremely hard, and he bounced back. A uh, very resilient player. And the other comes to mind is Larry Bird because he's also it. He was he was from a, a farm kind of background, and he just worked really hard and he changed the game. So those those two guys come to mind. I love it. Two great players from my childhood. Love to hear the love to hear those guys' names. I think that uh, most everyone listening is going to be aware of of yeah the the time that they put in uh, and all all the effort that that led up to their both Hall of Fame careers. So thanks to give thanks for giving us a little bit of insight into what's clearly a passion of yours. Um, I know that uh, sports as well as horticulture are passions. So let's get down to business. You've been involved in in different aspects of the industry. You've been a grower. You've selected and managed a portfolio of key crops. You've been involved with breeding companies. Now you're leading a sales force that covers an entire continent. What is it that, that gets you most excited about our industry, and, and, and what do you feel is going to propel us into the future? Yeah. What excites me about the business is it's really family businesses, and what I like about it is the risk and reward. I like the feeling of of a, an empty greenhouse at the end of spring when you put a lot of hard work into it to grow a crop, to really put that kind of blood, sweat, and tears into making a plant look absolutely beautiful. And I just love that feeling of an empty greenhouse when, when uh, summertime comes. It's kind of that same feeling as a, as a hay field after you get the crop off of there or a cornfield after the harvest where it just, it's kind of that feeling of a job well done. And I think where we're going in the future and what excites me about the future is the, is where life sciences are going, where, working with creation, working with nature and advancing the life sciences to make the industry even stronger. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially that that empty greenhouse. You can actually look back and see the very clear results of, of, of all that hard work. Um, now, that, that, that's excellent. And I think that if, if we all sort of help share that vision, that there's probably uh, uh, great times ahead for our industry. So I am already inspired. So for this discussion, let's talk about what's new. So new plants, new programs, new ideas. And, you know, I always say new ways to think about the new varieties because, you know, we bring new products to market, but a lot of times it's about new ways to position them. Um, I like to call it new technologies that, that greenhouse professionals are going to consider when building their 2019 product mix. So you and the ball seed team um, three buses visited all of the 2018 spring trials locations uh, in April 2018. So from a high level, kind of a 30,000 foot view, 
What kind of things did you see on the coast and, and what can growers and retailers look forward to in terms of these new products and concepts that, that you guys got to see in your travels? Benefits of being traveling on the coast is really the opportunity to get our boots on the ground where we can really hear our customers' reaction to the products as they're presented and see how people are interacting with those displays and with the products as the breeding companies are presenting them. And the thing that really catches my attention from from those reactions is plants that do things not just the plant that looks pretty or plant that's going to have high impulse sale at at retail but it's plant that does something beyond that whether it be a plant that's edible be it a plant that has a scent a scented plants seem to catch a lot of people's attention and continuing to see an interest in plants that are uh attracting to pollinators, helping butterflies, those kind of things are really uh, catching people's interest. Important, Most important, though, too, is labor savings. Things that are helping our customers to save on labor are capturing a lot of interest, solving growers' problems, and also plants that are rugged, plants that are going to be able to survive if you don't water them for a few days, and plants that can survive in the way that the the normal homeowner is going to take care of them, which isn't necessarily the way that we might take care of them as growers. So those are kind of things that come to mind in response to that, to your question. So, wow, you know, I, th- I think it's amazing that, that breeders are really starting to, uh, you know, con- continue to work on the, the, the attributes that consumers are demanding these days with edibles, with plants with fragrance, you know, the need for these backyard habitats and pollinator-friendly gardens, and that that really is going back to the breeding. That's something we've talked about on previous episodes of STEM as being a, a, a new direction um, that our industry is going. And with so much to consider along those lines, can you help us make sense of, of some of these, these new introductions um, beyond that? I know you've talked a little bit you know, in, in the past about the scientific advances that our, that our industry is seeing and, and the exciting new products coming from that, and maybe a little bit of a split between you know, two different directions and paths that breeders are going these days. Yeah, for sure, Bill. Uh, one of the stations that we, were, that we stopped during the tour was at Pan American Seed, and is a great example of the breeding getting more scientific with the the story that they were telling about the new impatience that they've developed with high resistance to downy mildew and really intriguing uh, to listen to Lisa and Rudd talk about the story about how they've developed that and I really look forward to getting trials and you know it'll probably be another year before we can actually trial the product but it was really good uh, to see the way they can put the science to work and develop a, a product that's really a breakthrough in a class that was really a huge part of our product assortment before downy mildew uh, impacted the North American market seven or eight years ago. So that's a, one example there too. And also looking at things like the the Sun Patients work that Sakata is doing, really good example of very scientific approach to bring in a better product, a more rugged product in the Sun Patients that they're working on. Uh, and then, you know, you mentioned kind of a contrast between some of the others where there's just, they sort of take something very innovative that breaks through and then you see a product coming a year behind it or 18 months behind it or two years behind it. That's sort of a lookalike to product that was a breakthrough when it came through. And we do see that some of that kind of fast following or 
uh, happening in the breeding world too. But I think where the value is really created is with the breeders that are bringing the new and innovative breakthroughs, leveraging the, the best that science can offer. Absolutely. I think that, that the scientific approach is benefiting from, you know, some folks coming into our industry from, from other industries, even on the agricultural side. And you mentioned the, uh, the high, high resistance and downy mildew uh, resistant impatience that's coming. I mean, that, that's a solution that's going to help growers, retailers, homeowners, landscapers really um, shining the spotlight on, on the science behind, behind our industry. And, you know, I think that also some of that that follow-up, that fast follow-up breeding that you talked about, also, you know, it it demonstrates the high demand for these products out in the marketplace. So, um, you know, really filling up the greenhouses with the true innovations is is exciting to see. So, after seeing, you know, what I would imagine are hundreds of new introductions up and down the coast, um, taking pages and pages of notes. Um, you mentioned talking to uh, sales professionals and uh, growers out there as, as you were touring, seeing and hearing about dozens of, uh, of new exciting introductions. What really stood out? Can you call out some of the varieties that you'd consider can't miss items for 2019? Sure, yeah, there was a few that really stood out to me. And uh, one in particular was the Big Blue Salvia from Pan Am. I like it both from a scientifically related back to our last question where it's kind of it's kind of tricky to develop that interspecific salvia from seed but that large blue just very durable plant and i'm sure it also attracts bees and pollinators and things like that too so really interesting new product with the salvia big blue the i thought breakthrough genetics on the firehouse verbena we're really taking that major sort of that very uh flexible product line of the vegetative verbena that we've seen some declines in recently because of its lack of performance in the heat and with a firehouse bringing really uh, superlative heat tolerance into a class that was really lacking in that regard. So I thought that was a breakthrough on, on the Duman genetics. The Portofino is a hybrid begonias that they've developed. These crosses between the different begonia species and bringing out really a thicker leaf a product that's going to perform both sun and shade. And there was a variety called Pink Tulip in the Duman lineup, too, that was really strong. I mentioned Cicada earlier, and one of their, the new series of SuperCal Premium, the, in the cinnamon color in particular, really outstanding, new in that Petunia Calabricoa interspecific uh, hybrid that they've developed there, the SuperCal Premium line. A couple of new Sun patients that just continue to expand the line with neat colors. PW had a a calendula, kind of a product that was near and dear to my heart. We used to cut calendulas back. Some of my earliest memories were cutting calendulas for the farmer's market. Uh, now they have this uh, a calendula more for the bedding plant or container market called Lady Godiva, almost taking the place of a, of a trailing Bracteantha kind of look. So it's a you know fairly durable plant too. Uh, Syngenta had the Aquilegia that uh, it's Actually, the stem faces up, so the flower is facing upwards on that Aquilegia, and uh, really nice-looking product there. And the Calliope geranium display was outstanding, too. And uh, Syngenta kind of is a strong market in geraniums, and they continue to expand that with a really strong display with the Calliopes, Calliope mediums. And, of course, the Easy Wave Red. You know, I love I love the waves and uh, seeing the... An upgrade in Easy Wave Red was really important uh, to that line as well. 
I, th I think it's cool that you mentioned some some standard, you know, garden rock stars, geraniums, uh, petunias, aquilegia, and then into some of the newer classes like these hybrid begonias, interspecific salvia, um, heat tolerant verbena, and even um, the supercal, a true interspecific breakthrough. So it's it's cool to hear that, you know, while while we're still selling some of the the garden standards and seeing improvements in that technology, we're also entering. Uh, new classes. You talked a lot about interspecifics, um, and I've noticed that's a trend recently. Is there anything you want to add to to that? I know we've seen interspecific begon uh, begonias, uh, impatiens. Now we talked about salvia. What is the what is the excitement with interspecifics, and why is that of value to growers? Well, I think the excitement is what it brings to the performance of the product. It's innovative uh, for sure, but what it brings to the product. And you think back on the original F ones. The F1 hybrids that we brought into Vincas with a, with a class like Titans and the F1 hybrid petunias that brought kind of breakthrough genetics in those classes back in the day uh, and now in, in the production and programs for 2019 looking at these continuing breakthroughs and it does come down to that same, it's that, it's that hybrid vigor when you can bring the best attributes of two different species together and uh, uh, the plant breeders often joke about that when they see a when they see a big a kid on the sports field, and they say, "Look at the hybrid vigor of that!" And you you see the parents cheering in the stands, and you know, dad's six five, the mom's uh, right about six feet, and then the kids out there at six eight, six nine, and three hundred pounds, and you wonder where that comes from. Well, that's hybrid vigor. You know, that's uh, that's kind of where what it comes from, and it's uh, it's just bringing out the best attributes and the strength of the two parent lines to bring out a product that's even bigger and stronger than uh, than what either of them would have been on their own. That's awesome. I love the reference. So those are true innovations we've talked about. Um, but, you know, I, I know that that working with Ball Seed, you're, you're acutely aware of bringing these products to market. So unless these innovations can be produced as inputs, I have to imagine the chance of them seeing the light of day at retail is slim. And I know we, we've seen products like that, you know, come out of spring trials. We've all gotten really excited. Garden communicators have written and blogged about them. And then, you know, they, they never show up on the retail bench. So can you talk a little bit about the supply chain that's going to help reliably produce these crops as young plants and get them to uh, greenhouses across North America? And I guess along those lines, are there any warning signs that growers should watch for with any new introductions or, or, or red flags that you've learned to look for over your career in the different roles that we mentioned earlier? Yes, and that many of the stops, our group asked a lot about supply chain at every stop and every new item because the reliability of the supply chain is key to any new introduction. And with the reduced amount of speculation in the industry and this kind of plant to plan and plan for profit kind of world that we're operating in as greenhouse growers, there's really no room for a mistake. Every spot on the bench needs to kind of earn its keep. And so reliability and production is really crucial. And I know and many of the breeders were referencing at the stops how much seed they have in the bag or how the production trials have gone on the vegetative and to which growers they've been sent and how they're rooting and often some technical tips along the way in order to maximize the yield either from seed or from cuttings on each of the new introductions. As far as some warning flags, uh, I think when the breeders say it looked good at spring trials or doesn't this product look great here and they can't really give any 
testimonial or evidence of how it performed in another market, like in the Midwest or the Deep South or the Northeast or the Canadian market. You know, there's just when there's no reference to it having been trialed anywhere other than the plant you're looking at right there at California, that's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, and when they say trust me, yeah, that's definitely a red flag if there's just. You know, just uh, coming across like just overconfident without any real data or documentation to back it up. It makes a lot of sense. We are a regional industry and our products have to perform regionally. And I think that that underscores the importance of regional trials, university trials, um, trials at, at growers in your area as listeners. Pro- everything looks great in California. And, um, you know, we, we hear that said a lot. And although that, that tends to Um, I guess, downplay all of the effort that goes into growing those plants, which is a tremendous effort. And believe me, a heck of a lot of plants are sold in California. But many of you listening are not in California. So, you know, really take a look at that regional trial data and, um, you know, make sure you get these new plants in and and give them a a trial and give them a trial in your gardens before, you know, going big into them. So, Jim, as a sales manager and student of the horticultural game, what tips would you leave the audience when it comes to new varieties? I'm going to actually leave this one wide open for you because I have to believe that you have some really sage advice based on all of your experience. Yeah, we're coming off the NFL draft and the combine recently. I thought you might be asking for a Baker Mayfield reference. I know the Cleveland Browns picked him up in the first round, so I thought you might be excited about that, Bill. No, we talked about hybrid vigor. The guy's six feet tall, but we're going to leave that there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of the tips related to new varieties, one of the things I've really found intriguing is looking at new products as a percent of your mix. I know in, in the years that I spent in the breeding companies here at Ball, the looking at that percent of mix on your new products is really a key factor. If it gets too high, what's it saying about your uh, the baseline of your assortment? If it gets too low, what's that saying about the innovation of your new product and the perception of your business in the marketplace? So I really encourage our our customers to really track it, track your percent of new products as a portion of your mix and try and maintain it within a bandwidth and always stay focused on what the customers need. Uh, the other part is looking at the assortment, your assortment management, you know, whether is something going to be an, in addition to or more commonly, what's it going to replace? and making sure that we're using data to drive the decisions in our product assortment. Because the variety that we as growers might like, you know, I, I could be very happy growing 10, 12 acres of just red geraniums. It's easy, I can spray it all the same day, I can feed it all the same. But the customer, some customers like pink ones, some like violet. Now we, we have to make sure that we're using data to drive our decision on our assortment, rather than just maybe the varieties that our parents like or the varieties that your your aunt or uncle liked or the ones that you have to grow for your next door neighbor to keep peace in the neighborhood you know that's uh, you got to use the data to drive the decision and i think that's the other part related to new products is really checking the data and documentation of how that product performed in your region and you mentioned that in the answer to your previous question or discussion there about the importance of those regional trials of trials in your facility trials in your region and having the data documentation to drive and know how's it going to perform and also how is your team going to grow it do they know how to grow that product 
to to really bring out the best of the genetic potential of that variety in your in your operation. That's excellent. I you know I've I've heard you say that that grow you know a lot of growers will say you know well they've they've never seen a plant they didn't like, um, but we've talked a lot in in previous episodes of STEM about the changing consumer, the changing um, landscape needs, and the fact that you know what what was successfully grown and sold even you know 10 years ago it has changed dramatically so keeping an eye on these new innovations keeping an eye on that percentage of new products that assortment management is absolutely critical to uh to successfully i guess navigating the, the new waters and we talk about new innovations and for 2019 but it's really 2019 and beyond and you know, thanks so much, Jim. You've, you've given us so many different things to think about. You've gone through some of the most exciting new products coming out of Spring Trials 2018, and there, and there are so many more. Um, our industry's trade press does a great job in covering um, what, what's new coming out of the trials, and many of them have the experience to, uh, to spot, the, spot the ones that are going to be most exciting and spot the ones that might have a, a little bit of a red flag by them. So, if our listeners have any questions, comments, ideas to share with you about new varieties, about Ball Seed as a distribution company, or thoughts even on, on leading a team, because that's certainly one of uh, one of your strengths. What's the what's the best way to get in touch with you, Jim? Yeah, well, I'd love to hear from you. I love listening to what our customers need and listening, trying to find ways that we can solve uh, the challenges that face North American growers. And I can be reached on my phone right here at Ball. It's 630-588-3464. And certainly emails and text messages, those kind of things. But uh, just drop me a line. Give me a call. And I'd love to hear from you. You mentioned about, uh, you know, varieties. And that there's never, there's hardly a variety that I've seen that I don't like. And the, the other part of that is there's never been a greenhouse grower that I've met that I can't learn something from and that I'm just inspired by and would love to to hear your story and understand how we can help you to make your business more successful. And thanks, Bill, for the opportunity to be on your uh, on a podcast here. Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. And, and to our STEM listeners, I know that you're inspired and excited to learn about the new innovations for 2019. So now's the time to plan for success. Thanks so much for listening to STEM, insider tips for greenhouse pros. I'm Bill Calkins, and you can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com, B-C-A-L-K-I-N-S at B-A-L-L-H-O-R-T dot com, or on Twitter at Bill Calkins. Be sure to follow Ball Seed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. And check out the show notes for links to even more content related to this episode, including the industry campaigns I talked about in the Connect Four segment. Let's end this episode with a quote from legendary coach Vince Lombardi that actually reminds me of new plant introductions. Because we all know, not all of them are perfect right out of the gate, yet plant breeders and introducers never stop searching for and creating innovation. The greatest accomplishment is not in never failing but in rising again after you fall.